Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was a, uh, a, a well, a raucous session of the uh, summer legislature after the uh, Doug Ford government was sworn in. Uh, they moved forward on a number of different initiatives, uh, some surprising because they didn't really talk about it during the campaign, others that we sort of knew were coming, but uh, maybe the implementation or the rollout of it was a bit of a surprise. But uh, in an op-ed piece in the Toronto Star today, there is an interesting perspective on this uh, about uh, the number of uh, initiatives by the Doug Ford government that seem to be uh, potentially, anyway, tied up in the courts. Uh, A number of citizens' groups are challenging some of these initiatives. Is that going to slow down the momentum? Is it going to make them change course on this? Alan Carter is uh, the anchor of uh, Global News at 5.30 and 6, and, of course, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for Global News. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Alan, good morning. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Listen, you better be better be careful, Bill, or I'll sue you. <laughs> Get in line. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, I don't know how many times you guys have heard that. Anybody in the Queen's Park uh, over the last number of years, uh, the, the finger wagging and the stuff that's gone on. But I mean, that's that's another issue. But it doesn't happen anymore because you guys are kept what about forty feet away from anybody who's making announcements these days. Well, it, for for the premier, yes. However. Um, the, the same rules have been in place for, for ministers. We, you know, there's been a lot of talk, Bill, about access, and I, I think some of the talk has been a little overblown, to be frank. Well, and we've seen that with some of the things that have rolled out, as you mentioned, with other ministers, uh, with uh, Caroline Mulroney and a, a few of the others, uh, Vic Fideli, that are out there. They, they, they don't seem to take the 10-foot pole up before they start making announcements. I think they're, they're not that scared of you guys. Well, I... I guess I take it back to uh, the previous administration. I mean, you know, we were we didn't scrum Kathleen Wynne with her mics in her face either. She was always a distance away. Now she didn't have like a rope the way that Mr. the Premier does. But again, I I have a hard time getting too uh, up, you know arms up in the air about it, especially since they seem to have stopped the clapping. The clapping was outrageous, but that seems to have at least for now gone away. Alan, is that the new normal? I mean, you know, because the Harper government's done that. Uh, the, uh, Justin Trudeau may be a little more amenable to being in crowds, but at the same time when they're doing press announcements, that really seems to be the way things are going to be. You guys are over here. Uh, you know, our supporters are going to be over here. And, and, you know, you can't tell, of course, when we saw the clips that you guys play on the news at 530 and 6, because, I mean, all we're seeing is the camera angle. But th- there seems to be almost a choreographed setup for just about every one of these announcements, no matter who the government is. Yeah, again, and remember that every government tries, Bill, to, you know, manipulate and manage its own message in its own way. And the liberals had their way of doing it, and the conservatives have their way of doing it. Now, where I have some trouble is with things like Ontario News Now, which you may have heard about. That mm-hmm. is the uh, government-produced news-ish content uh, hosted by Lindsey Vanstone, and... The other day when they did Buck a Beer, she had uh, a piece on that w- was posted to all the social media platforms that said, the days of the government st- putting its hand in your pocket when you want to buy beer are over. Except for that's an absolute falsehood. The Buck a Beer has nothing to do with the taxation level from the government. The government's still taking as much money out of your pocket when you buy a beer as they ever were. So that's where I really start to have some trouble with you know, the government putting out its own messaging and putting out false messaging. 
Well, and that, that's always going to be the conundrum, isn't it, for for the Queens Park and, and, and Parliament Hill bureaus? I mean, is is trying to separate. Uh, the, you're always going to get a little bombast, but then you know when it crosses that line into inaccuracy, I mean, somebody's got to call them out. Absolutely, and that's and that's the job of journalists in this province is to stand up and say that is false. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the piece that, uh, that Martin wrote in the in the Star today because uh, we've we've talked about this I think in piecemeal about some of these ideas and some of the issues of, about court actions or proposed court actions against some of the legislation. Uh, it's not unusual, Alan, for a new government to to ruffle a few feathers when they come in and say, "Okay, uh, there's a new sheriff in town. We're going to do it this way." But but now you've been doing this for a long time. Is is this an anomaly to see this many uh, citizens groups deciding to go through the courts to try to, to to rectify what they think are wrongdoings by a new government? Well, uh, yes. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. But I mean, this entire year, 2018 uh, headline: never seen anything like it in Ontario <laughs> politics. I mean, it's just, it's really been the entire year. And yeah, the, the Ford government has decided to come in and be very activist and very. Um, you know, quick to move on these things, and I think the public appreciates it. But there, you know, there are legal documents and legal troubles that come along with making a bunch of these moves. And what what the Ford government is currently facing are two kinds of lawsuits: one driven by ideology, and that in that category you would put the same-sex curriculum rollback. Um, the cancellation of the basic income pilot project, and a couple of other things that, you know, that interested groups with a political agenda, or at least a different political agenda than the Ford government has, are suing. Then you have business, and this one is, I think, much more problematic for the Ford government, and when you see things like Tesla, and them moving very quickly to say, oh, we're going to cancel this thing, but not really, and clearly the, the judge who issued the verdict of this was pretty outraged at the lack of consultation at all by the Ford government before they went and did this. And now, of course, they've had to reverse course and change their minds. And going forward, uh, the public is not going to be uh, particularly forgiving if these lawsuits continue to mount up and that, the, you know, there's a bottom line for all of it. We as taxpayers pay to, for a legal defense for this stuff. Well, and, and speaking of, there's the $30 million that have been set aside, of course, for the the carbon tax uh, fight that uh, that they're anticipating in federal court at some point, uh, although there aren't too many other takers. Even Manitoba's decided not to do this uh, because they've received legal advice that it would be frivolous to actually go through this in a waste of money. But they've already budgeted for it. So, I mean, obviously these guys are, are working, it seems anyway, Alan, more towards ideology than they are through pragmatism. Well, there's a, there's a mixture of ideology and uh, pragmatic approach within the Ford government. You see things like ideology driving things like, let's say, for example, cannabis sales. So the previous government had signed leases and had put things in place to have um, the liquor store, the LCBO, essentially run cannabis sales in this province, being staffed by OPSU members, by union members, and just on a pure ideological basis, the Ford government has come in and said, absolutely not. We are not expanding the base of OPSU at all. We're canceling all of this stuff, and we're going to give it to the private sector. And 
that has caused a delay, as you know, in Ontario. We will not have storefronts until at least next year, even though marijuana will be legalized as of October 17th by mail order in this province to meet the federal requirements. And that kind of gives you a sense of how this government has come in and said, no, no, we have a different take on things, and we are going to move things around and change stuff up. But when they do things like that, uh, what what are the, the legal ramifications? I guess we'll get that answer in, in short order, uh, you know, when some of these things come to court, if they actually get in front of a judge. But like the Tesla situation, I was surprised, by the way, that the decision on that came down as quickly as it did. But does that open the door for some of the other people that are going to feel that they were wronged by the cancellation of the Green Energy Act? Uh, the number of uh, companies that invested millions of dollars, and we're told that they may be seeking compensation, and, and again... That goes back to your point a second ago, Alan. Uh, you know, are we going to be on the hook for that? Well, that could very well be the case. And then, you you know, you think of the outrage um, that surrounded the cancellation of those gas plants. And rem- just cast your mind back to 2011. That Mississauga gas plant was canceled in the middle of that election campaign. Essentially, the liberals said, well, this, is, this was an uh, election promise that we made. And then they won, and then they canceled it. And then it cost us a billion dollars because of lawsuits and all kinds of other stuff. And the difficulty with cap and trade is that as we exit it, we have all of these corporations that have, in good faith, purchased credits and gone through the entire auction system. Um, and now none of that, none of that exists anymore. So all of that capital, all of that cash outlay, many corporations are going to be seeking redress for that, looking for money back and clarity. And right now we don't have any of that in Ontario. The the big one, of course, that's obviously being talked about a lot in, in the GTA, of course, was his, uh, Ford's decision to slice the size of Toronto Council. That looks like it's going before the courts. Now, I, I don't know where that's going to end up, Alan, but I was interested to see, I guess it was on Friday, that one of the judges who's overlooking some of this material here was asking, I guess somewhat rhetorically, uh, did you not seek uh, legal advice before you went ahead and did something like this? Which kind of indicates that they're going to look at this with kind of a crooked eye, too. Well, that's a possibility. I mean, the difficulty with this one is, is that you had a campaign essentially already underway uh, and then changed the rules, and then changed the rules in only one municipality in the entire province. So, I, I you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even play one on TV, Bill. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I, don't, I, I don't know what the validity of the argument will be. I mean, I think that the government has, certainly the provincial government has the power to do this, the, the hook is going to be whether or not the courts agree that the timing and that the way that it was done was incorrect. I, and I'm of the same mind. I mean, if they had come along and said, by the way, this is the last election, you guys are going to elect this many members starting going forward, or if he'd done it halfway through a term, that, that's, that's easily done. I mean, we've seen that happen with things like amalgamation and, and some other previous government initiatives. But I, I got to wonder if doing this after, you know, the, the writ has been issued and the, the nominations have been in, uh, to change things at this point. I'm, I'm wondering if they may just say, well, you know, not for this election. But they're going to have to make a ruling on that pretty quickly, too, aren't they? Yeah, that's going to come down quickly. You'll have to be watching that. that. Keep your eye on that. That may even happen this week, I'm told. So what what does this do to the government's mindset? Does it does it give them pause and say, oh, we better take our foot off the accelerator a little bit here? Maybe we better think about a few of these things? Or, or are they still going to just put their head down and keep plowing forward? Well, certainly the indication is that the government is going to keep going. Um, obviously, you know, as the lawsuits mount, and if losses begin to mount alongside those lawsuits, then probably they'll have to 
take a look at it. But keep in mind, Bill, that this all, everything that the Ford government is doing so far has been playing really strongly to their base, Mm -hmm. has been really playing very, very strongly to those that elected them. And I think there's a belief out there that, wait a second, the courts are going to now get involved in something and stop uh, a government that just won a monster majority by promising all of these things, and now we can't have them because the courts say they can't have them. I think there's a big portion of the population that's going to side with uh, Premier Ford on that, even if the courts order him to, you know, do it differently. That's that's the politics of it, though, isn't it, Alan? I mean, you know, we saw this happen, for instance, with the Harper government with the tough on crime legislations, you know, and a number of those things were were buried in omnibus bills, and the opposition parties went crazy on them. A lot of that stuff got turned over by the Supreme Court. But, you know, the Harper government can simply turn to their base and say, look, we tried. We know we tried. It's those guys up in, you know, the court. They're the ones that are the enemies right now. Uh, And that's obviously a card that Ford can play here if he starts losing some of these. Absolutely. And keep in mind, you mentioned that $30 that's supposedly set aside to fight the carbon tax. I mean, what better way to bolster your own reputation uh, amongst the province to just elected a government that promised no carbon tax to say, no, no, I'm going to fight it. We're going to fight it. We, we said we're not going to have one, and you just gave me 76 members to say you don't want one either, so we're going to spend the money. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how this rolls out. Now, they're, they're on a bit of a hiatus. When do these guys get back to work? Uh, it's uh, two weeks. And uh, let's, uh, let's, let's just call it as it is, Bill, because uh, I always uh, like to point out, especially when we're in editorial meetings and somebody complains about, well, so-and-so, they're, you know, they're not sitting. Those MPPs work pretty hard even when they're not at Queen's Park. Well, sure, and the phones are ringing right now because of things that, well, the sex ed curriculum and so many other things. And, and anybody who thinks the government is, is uh, just sitting around doing nothing right now, rest assured their lawyers are working uh, based on some of the stuff <laughs> that, that we've said about uh, and what's uh, before them over the next little while. Uh, busy day for an awful lot of folks. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate the time again. Bill, can I just uh, sell some soap here? Uh, Focus Ontario returns to the airwaves coming this weekend, Sunday morning at 11 a.m. The great Focus Ontario returns again with a look at what's happened over the summer, and we're going to really tee up what to expect in the next couple of months from the Ford administration. With new cast members. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of the some of the folks that starred in the last couple of uh, years of the show have have moved on, I guess. But but yeah, that's the, a new cast. that's that's the essence of a great show, Alan. You, you can replace those people with others, and you've done that very very capably. <laughs> we'll be watching We're for just, that this Sunday. Thanks again, Alan. Thank you so much, Bill. Alan uh, Carter, of course, you watch him at Global News at five thirty and six. The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on nine hundred CHML.